thank you for joining us. Uh, whether you are listening live or listening on replay, this is Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host. Uh, just waiting on Aaron Thorpe here. He should be here in just a second. We will be talking about the last four days of uh, news, which has really felt like weeks, months, even. Um, we've had... We had the midterms. Uh, if you guys listened to the midterm show where we have Brian Common and we had uh, Douglas on as well, to t- as well as George Pierce calling in to talk about the results as they came in, that felt like that was going to be pretty much the biggest story going. That was going to be the biggest thing that happened. Um, probably for lasting impact, it probably is, but that... It was not the only huge story. Uh, there was also the FTX implosion and uh, what Elon Musk is doing to uh, Twitter.com, which has been pretty much a complete disaster. Just like a little update here uh, on the election stuff, just while we're waiting for Aaron. So the uh, results as they were coming in when we were listening live on Tuesday – so if you had listened to the Tuesday show, you would have heard us talking about this stuff live. Uh, and, and it kind of seemed, I think, to, to us that the Democrats were probably going to lose the House um, and maybe squeak by the Senate. Now that is pretty much all up in the air. This result has been uh, completely out of whack with what was expected. Uh, I think that this is maybe more a factor of the Republicans shooting themselves in the foot than it is a result of the Democrats doing some sort of uh, great work here. Um, but uh, the results do speak for themselves. I mean, we, we, we are now looking at kind of a what, what looks like we'll have a it'll be a one to two seat majority in the Senate for the Democrats and that the house could be just a one seat majority on either direction, which is, that is a uh, pretty crazy. Um, so, uh, it, it, it's just not really what I think what we were expecting to happen, but what it has meant is that it's kind of reshaped the way that, uh, we're looking at not only, I think, Politics in this country, but also uh, the the GOP politics in this country, like like the Trump takeover of the Republican Party appears to be kind of kind of dead in a lot of ways. Uh, Aaron, how's it going? Um, we I was just kind of really catching everybody up to speed on the last four days. Uh, as you can hear, we're talking about the election right now. I didn't get a chance to talk to you on Tuesday. You are in Georgia. Uh, yeah. What are things like down there? I mean, I know you guys are going out to a runoff, right? Yeah, we're going to a runoff. Um, also, give me a quick second. I'm just going to head outside real quick. Hopefully, you guys can hear me. Give me a quick second. Sorry. Sure, sure. We can. We uh, we can definitely hear you. Um, but uh, yeah. So so Aaron is in Georgia, where you know, obviously, the Walker Warnock race is now going to a runoff. That'll be in December, I believe. Uh-huh. It's going to be kind of interesting to see what'll happen there. I, th- I think for a lot of reasons, but but maybe for the the most important thing to me, or the most interesting thing to me, is how does Walker do when it's just him? Yeah, uh, like sucking up all of the energy, you know, like where, yeah. where he can't be kind of like uh, kind of lost in the 
in, in all the noise of the GOP candidates nationally. Now it's going to be all about him, and I, I think he's going to falter. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, honestly, man, I was not, I don't think, I mean, at least not me, right? I wasn't expecting um, it to go to a runoff. And, I mean, you know, I live down here, and the bombardment of ads, and, I mean, it's just kind of exhausting, you know? Not kind of, it's honestly exhausting. So, I mean, you know, that obviously sucks, but it's also like, you know, yeah, you know, he's going to a runoff, and I some people were saying, um, at least, you know, on my timeline or whatever, saying, well, uh, it's it would have been worse if he had won outright, Herschel Walker had. And, you know, I don't think so, man, because now he's pitted up, pitted against, like, this person who, I mean, I don't know, man, maybe would have won if not for the Libertarian candidate, which shaved off, like, 2%, you know? Um, and, I mean, it's troubling. This guy's like, I mean, I made jokes before he's the definition of CTE, but he's a troubling guy, you know? And to have somebody like that, um, you know, especially, like, a black guy from Georgia, but, I mean, I do think, one thing I was thinking about that you had, you had this weird discrepancy between uh kemp voters and warnock voters you know and i've been kind of thinking that like a lot of this election i think was about the right wing you know adopting the so-called culture war um you know the anti-trans panic the you know the uh the cr the crt stuff and i think that like normal quote normal white people and i'm kind of stealing this kind of bit from um not bit but i, I kind of was thinking about reaction versus respectability, but Chapo was also talking about it alienates like normal white people, right? And I do believe that's true. I do believe that Herschel Walker was a little bit too, how can I say, I mean, grotesque, like aesthetically, too much attached to Trump, where, yeah. you know what I mean? Even white conservative, white, I mean, what white voters did vote for him overwhelmingly in the state, but they were able to cross over and vote for somebody like Warnock. But does that mean they're going to vote for him and the runoff, I'm not sure, you know, they might. You know, one, one take I've seen uh, on Twitter a lot has been that, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that kind of uh, held their nose and voted for Walker because they were already voting for Kemp. They were already voting in the uh, election. But those people are going to be hard to turn out while Warnock is going to have the advantage there. I think yeah. that I think that if Warnock, uh, Walker's grotesquery, I think, is, is really just I mean, he just seems like a bad person. Yeah, you know, like like there's like the CTE. I think you know, like that's undeniable. But I think that there's also like I, I think that he does seem like a bad person. I mean, you know, he, d he does not seem like he is um, very respectful toward women. Um, it doesn't seem like he is a particularly nice person to his family. Uh, you know, like I mean, this is coming from like his son. You know, like uh, so I I think that it. it uh, I, I don't know if it's like necessarily like white voters who are going to be turned off by that. I just think that I just think that somebody with uh, with with just all of that kind of baggage is just going to be hard to to get people to like you know pull the trigger in the ballot box for uh, when when it really comes down to it. When they also have to go to a to a runoff to a special election after they just voted like a month ago, like it, it, you know it's just like one thing after another. I, I feel like I feel like that might be kind of done. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm honest. I mean, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to show up and vote again, obviously. But, you know, I, I do hope that this is over with. And it's it's just, again, you know, I really have been thinking about that um, respectability versus reaction kind of thing, you know, and the way that Blake Masters or Lauren Boebert, like these Trump aligned candidates are pretty much shut down, which was, you know, I don't want to say that was a solid, clear repudiation of the, the you know, the anti-woke stuff. But 
I mean, it is. it was a little bit promising, right? But, you know, I do think that, like, Georgia is at, like, the, the kind of fulcrum, you know, this battleground of, like, what people are willing to tolerate but also continue to vote for. Because Brian Kemp, you know, is as much of a reactionary as someone like, you know, Donald Trump, right? And he implements some of these policies, right, are incredibly like the, the anti-voting bill, right? And that was another thing, too, in Georgia, seeing how since SB 202 that was passed last, that he signed in law last March, to see how that was going to have any effects on the Georgia election. And um, uh, one thing I'll say is that the, at least my polling station is always relatively smooth. I get through quickly. And that was over most of the state. But SB 202 did pass um, this provision that said that unless you were a poll worker, you could not give refreshments, so food and drinks to people standing in line. And I did see some, um, you know, voting advocacy groups, black uh, voting advocacy groups that were stationed 150 feet away at like a tent handing out food and water. So like these inconveniences. Um, one thing I do want to mention, one race that I don't think people were looking at was um, uh, B. Wen versus uh, Brad Raffenberger, I think it is. And he was the secretary of state. The 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 secretary of state, George, who supposedly um, at January 6th, like, you know, stood up to Trump and, um, you know, said that the election results were not, you know, false or anything like that. But, you know, I think in Cobb County, a thousand mail in ballots of people, a thousand people didn't receive their mail in ballots, you know, and he's secretary of state. So, I mean, there are these anti-democratic, um, um, you know, things that the state legislature in Georgia is doing that I was wondering how, you know, if it would affect this election, you know, um, because this is kind of, again, this is like the kind of like Petri dish, right, of, I think, American politics and where we might see it go in the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, going off of that, I wanted to play this clip from um, Ben Collins, uh, NBC reporter, talking about uh, the, the, the obsession with trans people and just kind of like the culture war stuff and how that, you know, worked or didn't work. He says it didn't work uh, during during the election. I'm just going to play this because it's only like 40 seconds. We'll talk a little bit about on the way uh, on the other side. Um, so here it is. Living their lives and also the cruelty of this yes. to people who are, you know, th these people are systematically targeted. They're bullied in school. They are kids. They right. they are literal children. And you hear people like Don Boldick, for example, in that audio that came out, that guy who ran against Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire and lost where people were just, they were telling these mythical fables about trans people in schools, the, the kitty litter thing, that they're using kitty litter because they identify as cats. And it sounded like, you know, it sounded like an old boys club where they were just sitting around and making fun of children together. And maybe, if they really take a step back here, maybe the thing that's turning off suburban women is being cruel to children for no reason whatsoever. Right. I yeah, so I think, I think that there is something to that uh, for sure. Um, I think that that kind of ugly politics just is not something that really works. Um, and I think yeah. that people find it uh, offensive and, and that they don't like it. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised to find that that, that really just like did not work at all. Um, mm. So it, I, I don't really know what the reactions were there, but like, you know, like a lot of these uh, candidates who, you know, school board candidates and stuff like that who, who were running on like this like blatantly anti-trans homophobic messaging um uh eight shit and yes that's, that's pretty awesome to see yeah uh, and man I'll, so, I'll, I'll i'll tell yeah, you man ahead. real quick i got um i got flyers um um from you know uh the republican republican party or you know republican groups or whatever 
um, promoting Herschel Walker, and one of them was anti-trans panic propaganda that was talking about children being forced, you know, um, to have gender reassignment surgery, you know? And it's just like, I mean, it, I mean, you know, to, to see something like that, it makes me sick to my stomach and to, like, know that, like, this is legal for them to send this fucking mail out to people using quotes from the Daily Wire, literally using links from tweets, probably from Matt Walsh or somebody like that, some fucking ghoul. And, you know, I do think it turns people off, but I do want to mention that I do think that, how can I say this? I do think that conservatives and liberals too, conservatives mostly, they do often, I think, American politics is sort of seems to be about uh, putting, uh, injuring your opponent um, as much as you can, inflicting as much damage, right? It's, it's very much cruelty for cruelty's sake. And these people might not um, support the explicit um, cruel messaging, but um, I'm worried that the right, um, the way that it kind of operates is reinventing itself in response to progress, any even nominal social progress. So I'm pretty sure this is not the end of this anti-wokeism, and they will figure a way to kind of, because um, look at Ron DeSantis, right? Ron DeSantis is one of the leaders of the anti-trans panic, and it seems like him and Trump, you know, are these two are kind of butting, or not kind of, are butting heads and seem to be two different directions that the Republican Party can go in. But DeSantis seems to be maybe a little bit more, I mean, to maybe white suburban women a little bit more presentable, perhaps, you know, I'm not sure. So it's troubling, you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, the one thing about Trump, though, is that, you know, he, he has like zero, like really core beliefs. Yeah. So somebody like, I, I guess what I'm saying is like somebody like DeSantis is like so locked in on running on this like trans panic and running on these social issues like that is like his brand, right? Yeah. So if the country really turns against that, he doesn't really have a way to pivot. Trump, on the sure. other hand, like he doesn't give a shit. His only brand is Trump. That's his only ideology is Trump. That's true. So he would be able to kind of like, like kind of just, you know, uh, tweak around it and move around and, 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 and be able to, uh, to adjust. Um, I wanted to, speaking of adjusting, I wanted to talk. So there are two other things, uh, as I was saying at the top of the show here that have happened in the last four days. Right. So, um, I, I guess let's, let's do, uh, FTX. So FTX is this, uh, crypto company, crypto exchange that basically like went completely bankrupt in a matter of three days, uh, over the week. Um, and now I think, uh, I think the founder, Sam Bankman fried is down from $16 billion to $0. That's his personal wealth. Um, like that's not, I'm, I'm not like kidding. Like it was, it's like that big of a drop. Um, and, uh, the, the, you know, the company's bankrupt. Uh, it's, it's caused, I mean, there are ramifications all over the place. Um, uh, Bankman fried was a huge political donor. He gave a lot of money to progressive media. Um, not, not like independent, really progressive media, but pro progressive media. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like, like he did give money to it. Uh, and he, uh, you know, he, he, I mean, he, he moved his money around, he, but it turns out that it was all stolen. It was all a Ponzi scheme. Um, and the whole thing has collapsed, leaving a lot of people really fucked. Um, you know, the, the Bankman Freed is probably himself is probably going to go to jail. Mm. At least that's what I'm hearing. So it's, it's really, it's, it's really a pretty huge, huge situation. It's been kind of amusing to watch kind of yeah. like, yeah. because, you know, this guy has been heralded as this kind of like, like he's the founder of this effective altruism bullshit. 
mm. where you know like he talks about like he like the, the, he was talking about like how he's really thinking about the future and like that's how he invests in philanthropy and like it's just like a bunch of like bullshit and all makes sense when you realize that he's you know like a person with 16 billion dollars who happens to be like you know just like in his late 20s like or maybe he's 30 um and uh, but but yeah, like he has just gone down in flames, and I, I'm curious how much you've been following this, and like what 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 your thoughts are on it. Yeah, man. Honestly, honestly, I have not been following the crypto stuff. This is the I did see some of it on the timeline, and maybe like kind of browsing. But um, man, it's interesting that you say this guy envisions like kind of he seems like a, a futurist, right? Like all these tech bros are, and there's and we'll probably talk about this. When we talk about Elon, but um, there's this illusion that these guys have that like they're gonna create these decentralized systems that are um run counter to like you know the centralized institutions, right? That leave so many people out. And you know, the thing is that man is that <laughs> I think it's only about a small percentage of people in this country who actually invest in crypto. You know, it's something that I mean, it's tiny. It's tiny. It's yeah. it's, it's extremely tiny. Right. But it always struck me how not only celebrities, but you had politicians. I think uh, Senator Kirsten, Kirsten Gillibrand, I think, was one of them who were pushing these sort of deregulation, I guess, or just pushing crypto. And I mean, the fact that people like tons of people that because I know there's like um, I forget what subreddit is, but these crypto subreddits, whenever you look at them, there are people that and it's funny in one way. Then you think like, yo, this guy like through all his savings into this fictitious capital, you know, and now has nothing, you know? So these people that are being preyed upon, but at the same time for guys like whatever this guy's name who possibly will go to jail, I mean, you have to know you're scamming people, right? And you have to know at some point this is untenable and unsustainable. But still we see people that turn to people like Elon Musk or turn to other cryptocurrencies and just this whole entire crypto, whatever it is right now, I don't even know if to call it a scam, I guess. And I mean, like the state is not even turning towards it and saying, hey, maybe we should regulate this and look into it. They're actually promoting yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no, 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 th- for sure. For, yeah, no, no, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, one, one thing I last wanted to say too is like just the kind of print, and this is not maybe specifically about, it's related, but um, you know, I always think about Jay-Z partnering with Jack to um, establish uh, a fund like low in- oh, uh, housing, right, for low income people to get them into crypto. And that shit is so fucking insidious. So I just want to say that it is kind, it is not kind of, it's very like uh, uh, satisfying for this shit to be exposed. But, you know, if like, you know, the state doesn't jump in and say, hey, we got to put a stop to this, then again, I'm just wondering like, how are these guys going to reinvent themselves or what are the long lasting implications, you know? Yeah, so it's interesting that you talk about Jack and and the um, and the housing because I, I I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but now that you did, I think you, I, I'm going to go on a little digression here and just say like, so you know, with everything that you're saying about people talking about how crypto is this great decentralizing blockchain has all of these applications for human freedom, um, you know, one of the big proponents of this is a friend of the podcast and close personal friend of mine, Glenn Greenwald, who uh, <laughs> who um, who, who was saying like much the same thing um, in December 2021, and it kind of came out of nowhere. Like he he hadn't really ever said anything about crypto before, but he was starting to say that. So I started to pay attention to him because usually when Glenn says something like that, 
it means that he's getting something out of it. And lo and behold, like, you know, not like two weeks later, he announced uh, that that Jack uh, Dorsey of Twitter, who's a big crypto guy, uh, was going to give a bunch of money to him and his husband's uh, foundation in Brazil, which includes building houses for the less fortunate. So kind of a weird little little connection there. But um, Well, I mean, like... You know, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I just want to say, I mean, this is like... I mean, just this is sort of the the reinvention of having people um, um, just plundering people sort of and making it seem as if it's about opportunity and sort of a level playing field, you know? I mean, I know we're going to talk about with Twitter, but that's that's what the whole paid verification idea was, right? That we're going to democratize this. And, you know, I don't know much about crypto, to be honest. I've talked to um, Ed um, on Wesco, um, who writes for Motherboard, who talks about crypto all the time, Jacob Silverman much more knowledgeable, they write about this shit all the time than myself, and you do too, but one thing I do that just kind of um, interests me about it is that, you know, these institutions, like, they're still being run by people who have capital, right? It's still a pay-to-play system, you know? And I'm not really sure, you know, that you can, you can do this in any sort of way that'll actually, like, you know, like, have people, like, have any prosperity or have people be self-independent and self-financially independent you know yeah so so going off of that i just wanted to this is this is from um this is from let me let me this is uh uh so take this with a grain of salt this is from a, a, an account called uh, autism capital but highly credible source uh it is what they say and and um I've I've seen enough people I respect uh, saying that that this is legit that I'm going to say that this that I that it probably is. Uh, so this where I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of skim read this and, and and summarize it. But basically, like many employees of FDX had their life savings on FDX. Sam Sam Bankman-Fried promoted it as a trusted bank internally and externally. Bonuses usually consisted of FTX.com stock and FTT. So FTT as we continue with this, right? FTT is their specific cryptocurrency. Well, most of the employees kept their funds on the platform, automatically deposited their This is like company script, man. Salary. This is exactly. like company script. So this were, is like a, you know, company They were pushing everything into it. They were pushing everything into it. Um, and, and, and they were, the, you know, they were, um, they, they were pushing them into it. They, they were promising them that they would get like, uh, you know, 50% discount, that they would get matched um, they, they mark it as an opportunity to make 100% of your money overnight or four to five times over a few years. Majority of people invested more, more than they should have. That's kind of like whatever. But um, he, he – so he, he was – he then fired a bunch of people in mm. June 2022, you know, saying that they weren't like a correct fit so that he was kind of surrounded by yes people. Um, it turns out that like pretty much the entire – like brain trust of this company is a polycule that we're living in the Bahamas. Um, <laughs> altogether, yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Um, so all, so all of this stuff was going on, but but the but the important thing is that that as as you're reading this uh, message, that um, basically what Bankman Fried was doing was he was scamming his employees themselves as well until mm. like the day that he went bankrupt. He was scamming his own employees, trying to get them to put all of their money into his Ponzi scheme so he could continue to, to, to have it churn and rotate out all the way until uh, the very last minute, which Jesus is just Christ, fucking wild man. to me. Just absolutely wild to me. 
just a total and utter scumbag. I mean, um, there's, on, there's, yeah, there, go ahead. There's like, you know, I mean, there's like, you know, the sociopathy of like, like, you know, running a company, you know, and like having thousands or tens of thousands of people working under you and exploiting them, you know, like directly, but in ways that, you know, you are not directly connected to these people, right? Or even say like you have a job, right? Where you see your boss every day at a small business and you're being exploited by this person. But there's one thing to have people who believe in you and believe in like whatever bullshit you're selling and they themselves are wrapped up into it because the idea is that you have this collective ownership of this, you know, that this decentralized, whatever we're trying to do and to fucking scam them until the very end of it is like, I mean, it's despicable, man. I mean, I just can't wrap my head around yeah. that kind of shit. It's totally, it's, it's totally despicable. And this thing, like, I just clicked back to Twitter, and, and this thing popped out onto the timeline. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll move over to talk about Twitter here for the last, you know, a couple minutes. But, mm-hmm. um, but, <laughs> okay. So who audited FTX, right? Who was who was in charge of auditing them? How did they get to this point? Well, mm-hmm. it was audited by the New Jersey Office of the Accountant, Accountant Prager Metis CPAs. Uh, which performed audits on FTX and FTX.us for fiscal 2021. Well, mm-hmm. who's Prager Metis? And then it goes to who Prager Metis. Prager Metis opens the first ever CPA firm in the metaverse. Oh, my fucking God, dude. It's just like, what? Like, Dude, fuck? I mean, it's just like, it's just a Ponzi scheme on Ponzi scheme. And see, it's just like all, I guess, the meta with the metaverse trying to be interrelated. But didn't Zuckerberg just lose a bunch of fucking money? You know? Well, here's the thing is that, I mean, this is like the perfect transition to like talk about Twitter, right? Is that, you know, if, if we were doing this episode like three weeks ago, we would be mm. talking about probably like one of the things we would probably be talking about if we were doing a news roundup would be Meta losing a ton of money, um, just like pretty much cratering its stock, um, having to do layoffs. Because Zuckerberg is so invested in the metaverse, which is something that like isn't even like 100% likely that it really even works. Yeah, uh, what what even is you know, it? It isn't. It seems like more of an idea than anything material or concrete, right? Yeah, like uh, like Horizon Worlds, the platform, like the game platform that's on there is just like a piece of shit. It's totally buggy. I did a story on this uh, for IT I mean, recently, like I think like 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 last week. I mean, it, like, it's so bad that, like, you can't even, like, it's, like, impossible to do anything in there. Um, it's a total piece of shit. And, like, and, and nobody's really using Facebook anymore. Like, Facebook has, has, has completely declined. Everybody hates Instagram now that's trying to be a TikTok clone. Really, yeah. the only thing that they have going for them is WhatsApp, and they haven't figured out how to monetize it. So, yeah. and, then, and then there's this metaverse thing that they're just, like, dumping billions of dollars into that nobody, like, nobody uses it. I, like, I can't, yeah. I, 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 I can't overstress this. Like, uh, I, IT, let, let me get to my story here really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, like, no, like, nobody uses this thing. Um, there are rooms in, in, uh, in, in the meta, in Horizon Worlds where, you know, you have, like, uh, a, a three or four people in, right? Yeah. Um, like, you know, there, there are worlds, um. They revised, they, they revised their adaptability goals down from 500,000 a month by the end of 2022 to 280,000 a month. Uh, users tend to stop using Quest headsets within six months. Here's some <laughs> examples of the bugs. Quote, you can get your entire Oculus device bricked just by doing something wrong in the game. Why can't I download it? I downloaded it and selected it. I can't get past the loading screen. I find myself in an environment with buildings floating in the sky. 
I've got arms, but nothing happens. None of the buttons do anything. It just sits there. Um, and this is just like this is just a sprinkling of things that I found on the R Horizon Worlds and R Oculus West uh, subreddits when I was looking for. I mean, like this is just very like very light like uh, uh, kind of review. Um, yeah. Th- like this thing is a total piece of shit. So yeah. So again, if we were talking about this like three weeks ago, like we would totally, totally. If we were talking about social media, we'd be totally talking about like what a piece of shit this is, and and what a disaster Zuckerberg is. But that was before. Elon Musk bought Twitter, and I think that's... Fumble the bag. Well, yeah. So I I don't even know where to begin on this one. Uh, Did you listen to his Twitter space for advertisers? I did did not, man. I did not. um, But I do want to say this, right? It's it's, it's just so much has happened in the past week and change, right? Like, that I... And it really puts on display the sort of hubris of these like tech billionaires and this God complex that they have. And I didn't listen to the space, but I think what, what you're kind of, what we're going to get, kind of get into first is the way that he not only just responds to the user base, which all these social media sites have a problem fucking making money because they're services that are dictated by the user, right? Like people do not want to pay for shit. They don't expect to pay. It's advertisers is the way that they make money. But the way that he's speaking to not only the users, who don't want to pay eight dollars but the advertisers is like dude you don't want to make any fucking money you don't want to make yeah, any so, money at all so so, so a couple of things so twitter makes 90 percent of its money from advertising and mm-hmm. musk somehow thinks that he can make that up by charging people to use the service he's now suspended twitter blue like we don't like who knows even and and i mean this you know he, he like launched the verification thing after this twitter spaces that he did so during this spaces thing uh which was supposed to like reassure advertisers basically like if you listen to it the guy has no idea what he's talking about like he has no <laughs> like they like they were asking him very very simple basic questions not ones that were even particularly challenging he had no answer to anything like how do the rules apply uh well you know we're just trying to like get rid of like like he was just a bunch of canned responses um yep. just 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 nothing that he could have said but again like ninety percent of their revenue comes from advertising, right? And so he's just basically told them to fuck off. If he had actually done any of his due diligence before buying the company, he would have realized this is another thing, right? He would have realized that the uh, that that they had failed to to meet their future revenue goals for twenty twenty three already. Like they were trying, like they were trying to figure out how they were going to make that up. I think they only got like twenty. 25% of what they would normally get by so now. So they were already year. in the tank. They were already in the they tank. They were already in the tank when he bought them. They were already <laughs> in the tank when he bought them. For 44 them. billion, by the way. For 44 billion, uh, some, like, I think that like 135 million of that like was unnecessary because he added a couple of cents to the um, to the stock price for his meme like 5420 so that oh he would buy God. it for that. Like, and And... <laughs> And the thing is, so, like, before we get to, like, all the funny shit that has happened, like, since he did it, but, like, the other thing is that, like, he didn't have to do this. Like, he didn't have to do it. Like, he could have just taken the $1 billion hit and, and, and maybe, like, maybe another $1 or $2 billion, uh, you know. And, again, like, we're talking about the richest guy in the world, right? This is yeah. not, like, a lot of money to him. He could do it. Um, but he just did it. He just didn't. He just decided that he wanted to pay forty-four billion for this thing instead, and just basically run it into the ground, like 
like nothing I've ever ever seen. I've never seen anything like this. Like like dude, somebody to just tank it like this is fucking crazy. It, dude, it's 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 a, it's spectacular because like you know if he was less stubborn and like you know all he had to do, man, was just come in there and just like let shit. I mean, just like make a few tweaks, let shit you know just run itself, you know. But I think with the paid verification thing. Like, I was thinking about this, man. Like, verification, like, its initial, like, the initial point of it was to differentiate between imposters and scammers, right, from real notable people. Um, yes, verification has, in our weird fucking advanced commodity society, has become a status symbol, a symbol, a signifier of social capital, right, um, of who is more trustworthy or who is a voice of authority, but... Generally speaking, people are not going to pay $8 for a fucking status symbol, right? And the fact that people were willing to pay $8 to not even just troll him, but to just point out, like, in a beautiful way that, like, was like this... I mean, the way I could think about it, man, is, like, the Situatious International, right? Like, Guy Debord's, like, Marxist, like, artist group who who thought about how you could rearrange situations like in a capitalist world to use them to your advantage. This is where the tournament comes from, the opposite of recuperation, recuperating capitalist messages for anti-capitalist sloganeering. And I know this might sound crazy, but the fact that people were pretending to be Chiquita, but pretending to be Tesla and literally putting to the test, you know, uh, the slogan, the user slogan, this website is free. From this guy that literally doesn't understand how any of this shit works. I mean, dude, it was just beautiful. And I mean, that's what led to the downfall of Twitter Blue. Because you actually had trolls. I mean, didn't you hear today, was it Eli Lilly lost a couple billion dollars? Lost $16 billion dog. market cap. Dog. Because, because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is like, I mean, and you know, this is like not, I mean, it's, it's, it's insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But it's really not because it shows us that. Yo, these people, like you were saying, these this this guy doesn't fucking know anything. He doesn't work. He's not ten thousand times smarter as ratio to like his lowest paid employee. He's not ten thousand times smarter than any of these people. You know? He doesn't he's not know the smarter fuck. at all. No, he's not smart at all, man. I mean I mean so let me ask you a question. What do you cause this is the big question on everybody's mind, right? Um just so I mean, just 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 so everybody knows what we're talking about. So a, a fake Eli Lilly account like bought a bought a verification badge and said that uh, insulin was going to be free. And then, um, and then they had, and then obviously, like, the company, like, w- wanted to reverse it. But I did see, like, another, like, fake one saying, no, 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 it's actually going to be $200 because fuck you. Like, it, <laughs> like, they were just able to just completely, like, fuck with this company, which is great because fuck Eli Lilly and fuck them pay- charging anything for insulin. That's, that's a whole insane. other conversation, though. But, it, but it, like, it does show, though, it just, like, that's like the biggest display so far, and I think that I actually think that that is why they turned it off yes. because of that. Being yes. just pissing people off, it was kind of like, well, whatever. But like, you know, losing a company sixteen billion dollars, well, now like there's a possibility of lawsuits. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. I just want I just wanted to like explain like what that was. No, people. no, absolutely, and I mean that's that's the that's the that's the beauty of it, right? Is that like not only do all the users hate him. Because, I mean, I, I was seeing, um, I mean, this is really, like, online shit, but one of these big right-wing accounts, Cat Turd, you know, and all these other accounts, I mean, I think um, Laverne Spicer, right, with these right-wing nutjobs are um, 
you know, going after him, asking him, why haven't you unbanned these accounts? I thought you said free speech was coming back. And of course, the liberals and the left hate him, but then the advertisers. But but I want to ask you, man, before we close out, because this is what everybody's thinking. Um, you know, it's all funny and shit, but I'm not going to lie, man. Like, do I think that Twitter where the world would be better without Twitter? Do we need something like Twitter? I mean, I think it's corrosive to like, you know, just social institutions, my fucking mind. But I'm not going to lie, man. I've I've met you off of Twitter. I've had opportunities from Twitter, right? And I would hate to see it collapse, you know? And I don't know what, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I mean, tomorrow, next week, next year. Um, but what do you think is going to happen, man? Because he's talked about bankruptcy is not out of, out of the question. Um, and people are talking about flocking and leaving the site. Advertisers are leaving. Um, he's pissing companies off and costing them money. What do you think is going to end up happening, man? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess the first thing I would say is that um, I, like, I owe a lot of my career, if not my entire career, to the website. So um, I have no, uh, I'm, I'm not going to, like, talk shit about it and say that it's, like, a universally bad site. Um, mm. I don't think that it's particularly corrosive to discourse in any way that uh, any other, you know, mass media really is uh, well, relative is to what comes before, like whether it's printing press or, or cable uh, MySpace before, yeah, cable news, MySpace before we had, like, b- before yeah. chat rooms, Facebook, Facebook after that, Twitter now, like, uh, so, yeah, I, I, like, I don't know if it's necessarily corrosive by its existence although you know mm. i would also say you know the the, the book uh, chaos machine by max fisher is something people should read about uh social media i think that that does kind of uh put things in perspective in a lot of ways but um what i think is going to happen uh this isn't an original sh- thought this is something i've been talking about with with some people who are more knowledgeable about this stuff than i am and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of what they've said. So what they think is going to happen is that, you know, this is this is what, what's happening now is unsustainable. Mm. Uh, so what they believe will probably happen is that he will continue to go on for a little bit longer, like not too much longer, a little bit longer, <laughs> um, uh, of, of just basically being a total disaster, and that he will either. Uh, just, just kind of, just, just cash the whole thing out and take like a, a 50% loss or something like that because he's just completely fucked it up so badly. 50%, or, Jesus Christ. Or, 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 <laughs> which, which, which would essentially be declaring bankruptcy and they could do that too. So that's so that, that, or kind of more, um, or maybe what's more likely is that he kind of, um, sells off enough of his shares so that he's no longer majority, uh, which still leaves the Saudis as probably the, the largest uh, owner, but and that there will be some kind of interim CEO who will end up serving for however long, who will just kind of... And basically what will happen is the site will basically go back to the way that it was. Um, yeah. that, that, that essentially, like... Like, I don't think I, – I haven't talked to anybody that thinks that, like, Twitter as it exists right now with Elon Musk in charge is going to be something that's going to exist in 2023 at all. Yeah, yeah, Like, he, yeah. He's, he's, he's too stupid, and he's too chaotic. He's too proud, man. He's too proud yeah. because, dude, like, all you would have to do is, like, I mean, just admit that you were wrong, right? I mean, just seeing the tweets that came from the Twitter support – Twitter account that said something like, Oh, we we're never we're not going to add an official badge to 
you know, of verified accounts, but we are going to go after impersonation a little bit harder. And then to reverse on that within a couple hours, I saw that the Pentagon, you know, I made jokes about this, but the Pentagon was frustrated and didn't know what to do with its Twitter accounts because, of course, they had imposters too, and they were frustrated with them. And I was thinking about what kind of, um, you know, this is not so much about Twitter, but about Elon Musk too and the devaluation of Elon Musk. Because a lot of what we were talking about, I think, earlier connected to the FTX stuff is these guys who built every, everything they have is built not only on what's been built before by, you know, the state with uh, public dollars, but they're not reinventing anything new, right? And this idea that, like, Elon Musk, you know, he gets subsidies, right, for his SpaceX shit, all that stuff. I wanna, I'm wondering if there are going to be, like, uh, there's going to be distancing um, um, from, I don't know, from uh, uh, the state, from individuals from him because he's so toxic, you know? Because Twitter, you can't imagine him holding on to Twitter, of course, on 2023, but even anything else he does, it feels like the illusion has been kind of broken, you know? I mean, it's it's, it's hard to see him holding on to it for, like, another uh, week. He, I yeah. mean, he's just been such a fucking disaster. Like, I don't even know, but, you know, but, like, who 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 knows? Like, uh, like, uh, like eventually... Uh, I don't know. I just don't know how much damage he can possibly do. But, but um, Aaron, I want to thank you uh, for coming on on short notice. I want to thank everybody who listened live or listening live on short notice. Uh, this was kind of just like a, 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 a pickup show. So uh, really thank you for coming on and talking about this stuff with me. Um, and, and hope you enjoy the rest of the weekend. Do the Hell usual. Yeah. Where can people find you? Where can people check you out? Hell yeah. Uh, people can follow me on Twitter for as long as it's up there at a Borg posting, that's B-O-R-G posting, and if people want to listen to me on podcasts, listen to me talk about stuff like this a little more, uh, they can check out Trillbillies, uh, my other podcast, Everybody Loves Communism, that I do with Jamie Peck and my friend Jorge Rocha, and uh, sometimes I'm on Struggle Session uh, talking about Star Trek. So um, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things to talk about, and I think we, uh, I think we got through some stuff, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Owen. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next.